Well, I don't know really what to say. I've got a few words here, but they seem so, uh, so I don't know, not enough. And I know as I've been reflecting and as we were hanging out, and uh, my wife and I went to, to Germany this week and was just uh, on a little bit of a holiday and, and we're getting some rest and woke up on, on Friday morning to some, you know, crazy news. You know, and we were thankful that, you know, well, we're just around the corner from the British consulate and just around the corner from the American consulate. So we never knew, what, you know, I don't know what was going to go on. But, you know, we all woke up and the events of this week really have put things into perspective for me. I know that it's, you know, it's, there's, there's bigger things really that are going on in the world. And, and I know that statistically for a lot of us this week, in North Lanarkshire, for those of you that voted, 61% of you are pretty upset with... Uh, with the outcome of the, uh, the vote, but yet 38% statistically, whoever you are, are pretty happy about the, the outcome. But either way, change is coming. Change is coming to our nation and to our country. And, and for many of us, that change has been thrust upon us. We don't, whether we like it or not, the change is coming, and we may not really understand or know uh, what that the complete ramifications of what that change is going to look like, or how it directly impacts us, how it will affect us. We're not really sure what that's what that's going to look like. But there's no doubt in the coming weeks and in the coming years, we're going to be talking about the outcomes of this past week for a long time. And so, what is our response? What is our response regardless of what side of this decision we fall on? Well, our response is to respond like Christ. To be light. To love one another. To live as Christ. That's, that's our response. And our passage that we read this morning, Peter is writing to a church that has gone through some transition, that is, that is experiencing some significant change, to say the least. The audience that Peter is writing to is ones that were with the apostles in Jerusalem when Pentecost happened. And yet, then shortly after, due to the persecution, they were scattered amongst um, Asia Minor. And as they were scattered, Paul had gone to certain you know, different parts of this region and had been preaching and teaching to them. And now Peter is writing to the church in Asia Minor. And he's writing to this church with a purpose. In verse 12 it says, with the purpose to encourage. To encourage in the face of the persecution that was going on. And as well as it was a challenge to the church. Challenging the church amidst all of that was going on. And so in this, the letter uh, addresses the church as a whole. But then Peter, as it finishes here, and as we read in this letter, addresses the leadership, the elders of the church, and then it addresses the young men, which is the flock. It's the, the, those that aren't the leaders, those that, the followers, those that, the congregation, if you will. And in here it means it was in their, in their context, more specifically, even particularly, some of the younger members of their congregation. And the younger members, for them, were those that were maybe likely a little bit headstrong or resistant to some of the change or resistant to the leadership. And so likewise, I was just kind of as I was reflecting on what I wanted to share or what I wanted to talk a little bit, I kind of wanted to just address you as a church and maybe 
address the leadership and also address, address the, the young men or those in our fellowship that maybe struggle with a little bit of change or can be resistant. The rest of us, in other words. First, church. I love you. I love you. I'm not sure what we all expected when I came along a couple years ago um, with my wonderful fashion sense, (laughs) my sandals, my inappropriate dress at times at deacon meetings or whatever, and my my baseball cap. I'm not sure what we, but we jumped in and and I've been on board with you guys and part of this journey for, for a little over two years now. And from the bottom of my heart, I got to say, I've, I've loved it. I've loved it. And I've loved you. The love that you've, you've shared towards me and been towards me, it's just, it's, it's been amazing. I've felt loved. And I love you, and I love you back. There's been some, we've, just to meet you, to, just to begin relationships, it's been, it's been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Apart from my, myself and my wife, we love you. We love you. And this, this last two years, it's, it's, been, it's been a lot of firsts for me. It's been in my, in my career, if you will, in ministry, there's been a lot of firsts as a part of being a, a part of this church. My first baptisms, thank you. My first part of being, being able to, to, to baptize folks. And there's, there's going to be more on the way. There's already, there's people talking about it. And there's a desire. So be praying for more. It's the first time to be Baptist. To be a Baptist. It's exciting. I've enjoyed it. I love it. It's, my, it's been my first holiday clubs. It's first youth fellowships. I love those games. Face your fears is my favorite. For those of you that don't know, we used to, we'd sit in the middle of some of us, not all, but a few of us guys mostly would sit in the middle of the room and you take a nice foamy ball and you throw it at each other's face and you try not to flinch. <laughs> For some reason, we love that game. <laughs> face your fears. Try not to flinch. My first youth fellowships, the first time wearing shoes to church every Sunday. <laughs> been a first. The first haven't always been easy. It's been the first time doing hospital visits. It's the first time doing funerals. And it's hard to do funerals for people you love, people you know. Some of the road that we've traveled together hasn't been easy. It hasn't been easy. But God has carried us the entire way. Praise God. We've known His closeness. We've known His love, His fellowship. We've known His answer to prayers. We give all credit and glory to Him.
The love you've shown me over the last few years is what makes it difficult to process the emotions that are going on with me right now. Because I'll miss you. I'm going to miss you. But I'm also encouraged. I'm encouraged because you as a church love God. You love God. You as a church love the gospel. And you in the church want, to, want people to come to faith. Want people to hear the gospel. You want people's lives to be transformed by the gospel. You want people to be baptized. Unfortunately, there's, there's becoming fewer and fewer churches with that kind of passion and that kind of love for the gospel, for God, and desire to see people's lives transformed. So in that, I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. But there's some challenges. There's some challenges we face. All of us, whether here or in the church as a whole, here in Scotland or even globally. I have some friends that are in from the States, from a, from a big church in the States, and just in the last couple days been talking to them about the challenges the church faces. For those of us that have been around the church for a while, the church that reached us isn't going to reach the next generation. What we did, the way we did things 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, just simply aren't going to have the same effects as they did back then. We as a church have to love the lost, the ones that don't know the Lord. We have to love them more than our own comfort. We have to love the lost more than the way we've come accustomed to doing church over the generations. Now make no mistake, the message is still the same. The message is always the same. We proclaim the Gospel. Christ crucified. Death. Resurrection. The only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ and Him alone. The message doesn't change. But the methods, how we do that, how we engage with those outside these walls, they have to change. We've got to really look at ourselves. Look at the church. We have to be willing to let go of our own desires and listen to the Spirit and listen to our leaders and follow them. Even if it leads us to a place of unfamiliarity and discomfort. But that's just the life cycle of church. That's just the life cycle of church. Passing the baton. Leaders. Leaders. It has been an honor to serve with you. It's been an honor. The diaconate, the leaders of YF, Kids ABC, Jam, all the leaders that have led, it's, it's been an honor to serve with you. You love this church. And you love its people. There's no doubts. Your commitment, your integrity, 
it's been incredibly encouraging and uplifting to work with such a group of people. But my challenge to you is this. Lead. Lead. Lead with boldness. Pursue Christ. As a church, your unity is your strength. However, don't let your decisions be based on keeping everybody happy. It's not going to happen. You can't do it. I was reflecting on this a little bit. I just kind of like, I was just thinking, for some reason this popped into my head. Beige is the color of consensus. If we, if we decide what to color something in a consensus, we're going to come up with beige. Because it's the least offensive. Nobody loves beige. Maybe a few of us love beige. <laughs> but it's the color of consensus. Jesus doesn't want beige churches. He wants bold churches. He wants churches that are willing to risk everything for the sake of the gospel. Be bold in your leadership. Try new things. Don't be afraid to fail. If you're not failing a few times, then you're just not trying hard enough. Don't let those that grumble distract you. You're not going to make everybody happy. And that's okay. That's okay. Don't let things distract you from the direction that the Spirit is leading the church. Lead with boldness. The rest of us. This is us. The flock. The young men. Those of us that sometimes can resist change. Maybe that's regardless of our age. We can all, we've all been there. It can all be difficult. But here's the thing. Through thick, the rest of us, through thick and thin, you've been there. The ups and the downs, you've stuck it out. You support. You pray. You give. You're willing to serve and do what it takes when the needs arise. It has been a blessing to serve and to work with Airdrie Baptist Church over these last couple years. It's been an honor. And I love you. But I have a challenge for you. A challenge for the rest of us. All of us at some point go from being a Joshua to being a Moses. A Moses where we, we stand on the hill and we have to transfer leadership. We have, to, we have to hand the reins over to the next generation. The Joshua generation. Jesus hasn't returned yet. He hasn't. Maybe it'll be soon. We just, we just don't know. But until He does, as a church, it's time for the next generation to lead. Which means for some of us, it's time to release a little control. To encourage and empower the next generation to lead. And that means to get involved in discipleship. To encourage. To mentor. To love that next generation. To help them. To empower them and give them every resource 
to succeed. And for, us, for the younger, it's time for you to step up. It's time for the, that next generation, the Joshua generation, the younger among us to step up and to take roles in leadership and to lead the church forward, to take some responsibility, to stand up and say, you know what, I'm willing to serve as a deacon. I'm willing to step up and to lead this group or that group. I may, not, I may, I may be afraid. I may not feel like I've, have, I'm, I'm ready, but I'm, I'm willing. That's where God wants us. All throughout the Scriptures, we have God calling His people and them saying, God, I just don't think I have what it takes. And God saying, perfect. Because I do. So for the younger among us, it's time to step up. And it's time to, it's time to lead. And to take some responsibility. This day is, for me, a day of mixed emotions. One, the position is easy for me to give up. It's, that's, that's the easy part. Because it's an answer to our prayers. It's an answer that Ross is returning back and taking his rightful place into this spot. Leading the church forward. That's been an answer to prayer. And we're going to continue to pray for Ross. And, and, and he has scan results tomorrow, right? These fresh scan results tomorrow. And we're praying right now in the name of Jesus that they are clear. And that there's continued and complete and absolute healing in the name of Jesus. That's what we're believing for. And that's what we're working towards. Thank you, Lord. So me leaving has been an answer to our prayers. And for me, that's exciting. That's exciting that God still hears and He still answers our prayers. But what's difficult is the relationships. It's walking through, many of you, through difficult times. Through happy and wonderful times. Getting to, to play with the kids and, and, and work with the children. Get to talk to people about baptism. Get to, get to, to cry and weep for, the, for those that are, whose hearts are broken. Those special relationships and friendships that my wife and I have both begun. And that's what makes it sad. That's what makes it hard. But I'm not going to be gone for long. Jim's already got me signed up <laughs> to come back and fill some slots. So I'm going to be back, and it's going to be soon. And Victoria and I for sure will be back to visit, to be here, to catch up, to see how things are going. Maybe we can all go to Burger 7 together sometime and, <laughs> and have a ridiculous burger and, and catch up on what's going on. And you've got to know that I'll be praying for you. I'm excited about what God's going to be doing with Airdrie Baptist Church over the next one, two, ten, fifteen years. It's exciting to know what's going to happen when these guys are ready. When they step up. What an amazing group of little ones. And I can't wait to see what they do with, in the, with the next generation of the church. I love you guys. Victoria and I both, we love you. And we're going to miss you. God bless you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just I thank you for Airdrie Baptist Church. I thank you for 173 some odd years of faithful fellowship, striving after 
the gospel of Jesus Christ, a heart and desire just to see lives transformed. Lord, I pray that Your blessing would be upon them. Lord, I pray that just waves of Your Spirit would come and do works of healing and transformation right here today in the name of Jesus. I pray that You would open hearts and lives right now. That there would be an openness to the Gospel that is just that's new and fresh. Father, I just pray for Ross. Lord, I just pray for a boldness and I pray for energy and I just pray for, just for him to come and take his, 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 his place as, as pastor and as leader. And Lord, I just pray for submission. I pray that we would just submit to that leadership and that guiding. Lord, speak. Your servants are listening. Lord, I pray that we would, in humility, submit to Your guidings and Your leadings. Lord, we know that You will lead us to places that are a little bit uncomfortable. Lord, I pray that we would just have the, the humility to follow. To say, whatever You ask, at whatever the costs, here I am, Lord. Send us. Lord, I thank You for all that You have done, and I thank You for all that You're going to be doing in the future. We love You. Lord, I pray that You just help us love You even more. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.